Wait, what are we doing? Can I just light my cigar? I need, I need your glass to be a little closer. Can I light this? Yeah, we're starting. Every April, you think you're never gonna make any money again. And every July, you think you're never gonna go broke. Having the service agreements or having some method of being able to get a promotion out in the shoulder season and sell enough labor days to cover up the sins of the overhead is the name of the game. What if you were going the opposite direction of everybody else who's going low cost tune up, low cost clean and check, low cost inspection, and you went with a more robust, let's call it monster maintenance, right? Where you do the full blown tune up. What are you pouring, Gare? This is a Japanese cedar whiskey. Kamichi. Kamiki. 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 There we go. It's known as the uh, the cedar whiskey. Cedar whiskey. The cedar whiskey. From Japan. From Japan. From Japan. We flew all the way from Canada to Japan just to be able to do Canadian this show. Japania. So well, here's <laughs> to Kamiki. Uh, here's to Kamiki. <laughs> I never would have thought about the Japanese making a, is it a rye whiskey or what's, what's the difference? So, rye a, whiskey or malt whiskey? It's a malt whiskey. It's a malt whiskey. Is it a big difference there? Uh, you know, technically, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's a different grain, but um, flavor's a little different. A little smoke to that. It's definitely a little smoky. A little smoke. And I'm not like talking that. about that cigar that Weldon just lit. What kind, of a, what kind of stogie you got there? It's Ashton that you bought for me. Super good. You golf at all, Drew? Weekly, very weekly. Do you? Yeah, like very weekly. Like every weekly? <laughs> no, very weekly. <laughs> nice. I, I tend to lose balls. Nice. This is Japanese whiskey. Never heard of such. HVAC, plumbing, electrical. This is this is what it can produce. Prosperity, right? Prosperity. Yes. How I you like that, Kamiki? I like. I'll take up on the Canadian. The Canadian stuff that we had last time better. This has got a. That's a, got a is it smoky. It's smoky. Got is that smoky, what it is? It's got a charcoal flavor to it. You can definitely, you can definitely taste the cedar yeah. for sure. Charcoal, yeah. smoky. The oak. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. So it's uh, the end of August, 2019. You know what that means in our business? It means it's time to start thinking about your fall shoulder season and your promotions and your service agreements. Yeah. Everybody's on vacation. People are thinking dodge the bull for the season. Contractors go on vacation. Customers go on vacation. Yeah. Things possibly slow down in some areas of the country. Some people are still really busy, I guess, right? Yeah, you know what, it, uh, technically, uh, when you say all that, what I was thinking was it means I got to write college tuition checks in order to get my kids back <laughs> in college. Exactly. <laughs> Depressing. I'm writing my first yeah. one. Oh, really? Yeah. My son's going to Penn State. Wow. I wouldn't stay pinned, you know. We are. <laughs> we are. We are, yes. So speaking of Penn State, how are they uh, doing overcoming the whole Sandusky and Paterno controversy? I know Paterno wasn't involved in it, but they kind of recovered from that. It seems like their football program is coming back. I think overall as a community, because it's, su it's such a strong community from what I know of the community. I didn't go. I went to Maryland. Uh, but from Terrible. what I... Terrapin, yep. And uh, turtle, he's you know. still mad about that Ohio State game last year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had that game. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that you know, 
Happy Valley is a very strong community, and Penn State is one of the, if, I think actually is the biggest, strongest alumni base in the world, uh, from what I've been told. And so they've come together and they've they've weathered that. And the Saints drafted a player out of Penn State this year. I can't remember who it was, but they drafted a player out of Penn State. So did the so did the Eagles. Did they? Yeah, we got Miles Sanders as running back. He's good so player. I was watching. It's good kid. I was watching the uh, NFC Divisional playoffs last year, Saints and the Eagles, and. Uh, one play away we were. Uh, <laughs> so were you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's funny because uh, you guys got up on us 14 to nothing. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Thomas just went berserk. Yep. Where'd he go to school? Man, the <laughs> Ohio State. And I think he went for like 180 yards and 14 catches. It was crazy. Yeah. And, um, and then, and then uh, I tried to watch the Rams game. And I just, I just kind of knew how it ended. I just couldn't watch, the, I just couldn't watch it. So. I'm still mad about that game. But they changed the NFL rules because of that. Yeah. Got the pass interference challenge. So it's good yeah. stuff. So, so let's talk about the shoulder season. The fall. The fall. Black September, which means if you're not selling school supplies and school clothes, you're screwed. Yeah. Everybody's money's going towards that. This is exactly when, as a contractor, the service agreements and just having the ability to have that scheduling and that organization where you can place your techs, you know, maintenance techs and regular techs in the field and having that pre-planned maintenance is, is the dividend. Right. The, 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 the problem with it is in the middle of the summertime and customers want you to come do that. I mean, yeah. that's like the worst possible thing in the world for a contractor. Yeah. But it's a, uh, it's a little bit like, you know, putting seed corns away uh, for the future. And so you, you, um, one, the one thing we did, learned at Service Experts, and let's go back into the 90s, was that uh, the top 25% of our companies that go made over the 90s. Oh, yeah. It was prison years. Yeah, the yard. <laughs> for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was prison for me, too. I was, I was working for Lennox. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Really? <laughs> so <laughs> it's unfiltered. The show is unfiltered. Come on, man. Hey, when you talk come about, on, man. Hey, when you talk about managing the shoulder season, though, this is what really separates the men from the boys, right? The players from the the wannabes, the guys that can that can manage it. Yeah, I mean, Drew will tell you that this is uh, we we make a lot of money in the peak seasons, and the trick is we try to hold on to it in the shoulder seasons. So the the biggest challenge that we have is how do we do that? So. Having the service agreements or having some method of being able to get a promotion out in the shoulder season and sell enough labor days to cover up the sins of the overhead is the name of the game. I mean, that's how you that's how you survive with prosperity. That's how you produce this instead of basically, you know, sitting there thinking, wow, I could have had a great year. And it turned out that I didn't make as much money as I wanted. I worked my tail off all year yeah. and I ended up with not much. And that, and that really is the problem. So let me ask you why, I mean, we've been around this industry forever and a day. And a lot of these contractors have been around forever and a day. And every year it's like, it's like a surprise that this happened, right? <laughs> these guys. Yeah. Why is it? Why do you think that happens with contractors that all of a sudden they, they my phone stopped ringing. You know, like you didn't know this was going to happen. This hasn't happened in your last 19 of your last 20 years. Right. Yeah. Why do you, why, so why do you see that this continues to happen? Why, why is this a fate that contractors continue to suffer. Yeah, I'm interested in hearing Wally's opinion on this too, but my opinion is that contractors are so busy inside of their business doing the work and making sure that execution happens and that customers are taken care of and guys show up for work and so forth. 
and we're working hard, you know, to make sure that that day-to-day happens. We don't ever actually plan the prioritization for time to sit down and think about, you know, what's going to happen three months from now. And because that doesn't exist as a behavior, it's not trained. Most of the contractors aren't trained to do that. And so what happens is we, we arrive, you know, in September and it's pretty much too late. And I think that's really the issue. And it's one of the things EGIA needs to work on. We obviously teach the planning side of it. And we, we try to talk about that. Yeah. So I laugh about it because I've been in the business now almost 35 years. And there's only one year out of the 35 I can remember that we didn't have, you know, a shoulder season. So 34 out of 35 is a pretty good set of stats saying that maybe we should think about it. There's a trend. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what do you think? So I think that, uh, you know, I've only been around the industry about half as long as you guys. But what I've realized is about every April, you think you're never going to make any money again. And every July, you think you're never going to go broke. <laughs> because we live in kind of that short-term perspective. And when it's raining, it's pouring, it's good. And then we get to the spring and we feel like, oh my God, is I ever going to make money? And of course, summer always hits, but fall always hits. And so I think it's just a tendency... You mentioned kind of lack of planning, lack of foresight, mm-hmm. you know, of looking ahead. And you're so busy in June, July, maybe in the first part of August, depending on where you are in the weather. And it's like, you know, we're just so busy, we don't have time to plan for September, October. But here's my question to both of you guys. So I just started a new company here with my brother-in-law here in Colorado. And like literally two months ago. And right, you know, we, I, we started at the beginning of summer because I want us to have a nice head. We did about 200 grand in seven, eight weeks. You know, and that's what we plan to do, come out of the gate, get some, get some money in the bank. Um, but this is our first shoulder season, and we don't have any bank of service customers, service right. agreements, that's right. because we're brand spanking new. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about all the contractors out there, not necessarily just a new company, but maybe a company that's just kind of waking up and coming to it. And like, wait a minute, I need these service agreements for my shoulder seasons, but I don't have them yet. Right. What do I do going into this September for a new company like mine? or for a company maybe been around for a while, but they really haven't been planning very well. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start off. I've had uh, uh, two startups, and in both cases, the startups had the same problem that you're describing. So we went out with um, a radio campaign in our markets with a promotion, and we just decided that sitting around and not having a promotion, we were going to lose money. So that wasn't going to be a good option. So we decided to create something that was aggressive, that was unique, and so we created the Sweet 16 the 16-year parts and labor warranty that no one else would offer. And we knew that no contractor would follow us because it's a little bit crazy to offer a 16-year parts and labor warranty. But we also figured if we priced it right and we reserved that we could get, there's always somebody in the market consuming. There's just not as many. So we just needed to get enough sits. There's always somebody consuming. There's just not as many. Dude, that is some... Wisdom. That is dropping a wisdom that's, bomb right that's there. That's Kamiki right there talking. <laughs> no, but that's why you think we do this. Why do you think we why I you think, think we pull what, out the Kamiki? I think that's what <laughs> contractors like myself, and well, you own a company still. Yeah. Two of them. Uh, two of them. And that's what we gotta remember that there's business out there, it's just not in such abundance, which means we gotta have better offers yeah. and be better in, at the kitchen table yep. to, to snag that business. Yeah, and, and we were very successful. Uh, getting the opportunities. Yeah. So you, you mentioned the closing, you know, when you're at the kitchen table, but the opportunity is what you, you need first as a right. startup. Get get your guy, get your technician, get your salesperson. So it's a super powerful offer. And and that's what we did. And this year, you know, we we did a we did a 20 year parts and labor warranty, mm. and uh, which is even you know crazier. 
And so the the goal you like though, that stereo guy, Crazy Eddie. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to also make a, an interesting point. It took uh, it took us about three years in the discussion with, with what you were having about getting out of the the problem of staying focused only on this day, this week, this month. Yes. To where mm-hmm. now our team actually meets weekly and they talk about um, 30, 60, and 90 days out. So we literally in our management team meeting, we actually say, what are we doing this 30-day period? What are we doing over the 60-day period? What's mm-hmm. 90 days? So we've installed a discipline where we force ourselves to actually have that conversation. Most contractors are not disciplined to do that, right? Because like you said, they're, they're fighting the, the fire today. Yeah. Right? They're not planning that far out. But that's why, to go back to my earlier question, that's why it happens, the lack of planning, the lack of commitment to planning. Sure. Right? But it's part of our agenda now. It's on, it's on the agenda now. It's on the, it's on the list you, of piece of paper. Let me ask a question that's kind of related, a little different. What is your position, your philosophy, your thoughts on a super low cost, you know, tune-up for the winter, preseason type of tune-up thing, 29, 39 bucks, and then getting a, a, a stud in the house who can look for additional problems. A lot of companies are doing that. I've seen that around the country. Yeah. What, what's your position on that as a 35-year expert in this business? Uh, I'm all for it. I, I mean, I think the the model itself is a good model. I, I don't think you want to do anything you know, in the home that's um, unethical or crosses any boundaries. Oh, absolutely. I agree. But I do believe we can recondition and we can uh, rejuvenate systems. Yeah. So a good, solid, well-trained maintenance technician or service technician that's placed in the home because there was a low-cost tune-up yeah. is, a, is a good thing. And it's good for the homeowner as well. Right. In other words, if I think I have a problem with my shoulder and I don't know about it, but you diagnose it as a doctor, we can fix it. Right. So, you know, that may be apparent. It may not be apparent. And that's with your current, you know, health considerations that we've talked about, right? Had somebody said, hey, there's a calcium test, let's do this, right? You would have said, okay, let's, let's take care of this now. We wouldn't necessarily go through the event. So I, I think that's a, it's a good thing. I think customers like the idea. Um, the, a lot of contractors don't like it. Like you'll hear contractors complain about other contractors oh, yeah. doing that. And the reality is, is that, you know, you've got to keep your men busy. That's our responsibility. And uh, we're providing a service to the homeowner. So we just need to do it right. What happens to a company that goes in with a low cost, $29, $39, but they don't have their technicians prepared to be strong communicators? Well, that's a bad idea. And, and, I, and do, I wouldn't they, want, they, they as a coach, I wouldn't want the contractor to execute that particular promotion. Right. I think they that's, a be bad, ready. that's a bad plan. And, that's, and that is a way to go. The, the, you know, the low cost tune-up is certainly a way to go. Uh, we've seen that forever and a day. An alternative to that would maybe be to bundle some services together and maybe go with something a little bit more robust, right? An, an alternative direction, especially for somebody who's new, you know, in the community of contracting. Granted, you've been here before, but company. your company's new to yep. the com- you know, contracting Absolutely. community in Colorado Springs, right? So what if you were to go in the opposite direction of everybody else who's going low-cost tune-up, low-cost clean-and-check, low-cost inspection, and you went with a more robust, let's call it monster maintenance, right? Where you do the full-blown tune-up. But you clean the outdoor coil, you clean the indoor coil, you clean the heat exchanger, pull you the pull the blower wheel, right? You do. You maybe even do a duct analysis. Uh, you do if you're involved in NCI protocols where you're testing airflow and combustion efficiency in the refrigerant charge on heat pumps and things of that nature, right? Where you do a more robust service and you call it maybe a it's an $890 uh, system tune-up or rejuvenation or monster maintenance, right? Program that's normally $1,300 or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you, again, you're just offering something different, unique, 
more value, more services. More comprehensive. Yeah. Um, another approach would be maybe where you go out to customers who are not currently agreement customers and to, to sign them up, you'll offer them three tune-ups for the price of two. Right? Again, offering more value you know, there instead of just always cutting the price and trying to go that route. Because a lot of people do that. Yeah, we um, talked about that one time on one of our experts call. I remember I was uh, out doing some work for Leland Smith at Service Champions in Orange County. And I was out in his parking lot on the phone with you guys doing an experts call. And we talked about instead of offering you special, let's be special. Yeah, there you go. That's what you're talking like about. Like it. Like it. And to Gary's point, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, people are always spending money. You know, the, the, the problem with HVAC contractors is they think that come on, you know, whatever the season is, depending on where you are located in the country, right, is that when we're in the off season, the shoulder season, as we're talking about, that, you know, customers aren't spending money. No, they're just not spending money on the things that we offer. Right. Like right now, it's August. People are not spending money probably buying school on, clothes. But, well, they're buying school clothes right now, but they're probably not buying snow shovels yet, right? right? In July, if you were selling snow shovels, and that's all you had, you're probably out of business. So you might think about having some some pool furniture, patio furniture, some floats for the pool, right? If you're in that business, yeah. offer something. But that's our challenge, right? We, we have HVAC, and when the windows are open and the systems aren't running, customers aren't thinking about us. So you gotta have something different. What else are you gonna have? Maybe indoor air quality, maybe plumbing, maybe electrical, maybe generators, maybe, maybe home automation. Yeah, uh, maybe home performance. You know, such as maybe peak home performance. Peak home performance. How about peak? Home yeah, we're uh, we're really looking forward to. Uh, like I said, we're brand new, but we're gonna like really come to be the local regional experts in this whole home comfort thing or home performance, and really get into the NCI stuff. And another one you mentioned today was a BPI. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and tell me a little. Tell me about that a little bit. Well, BPI, uh, uh, they're a, a whole house certification type process. So you're going to look at the house. Similar to NCI? Yeah, very similar. They write standards. Yep. And uh, really the whole idea is just look at the house as an energy system and how are we going to deal with the house as an energy system. So, you know, you get the six comfort components, but um, the base principle is insulation, windows, doors, roofing, infiltration, even temperature, airflow, humidity control. Uh, All of those things matter. So we're going to look at the whole picture and so we typically will have an infrared camera so we can kind of determine where the heat loss is coming, you know, if there's any infiltration. We, and we can show that and demonstrate that, that while, you know, Mr. Jones might have put some insulation up there, he rolled, you know, some, some Pink Panther stuff up there. Um, we can actually show the camera in the soffit in the corner where he didn't get to it and that's, that's a potential leakage. So we can spray foam some stuff in or put some cellulose in. Uh, and then, the, you know, the other issues are is just your windows and doors and, you know, being able to seal up those things. So BPI or, you know, the, the certification process is all about understanding the whole home as an energy system. So we typically end up reducing the capacity of the unit when we actually go in and do this with homeowners. So you might have a five ton system and you needed it in Arizona in order to keep it cool. But by the time we remediate, we put some insulation in, do some sealing tighten up the envelope of the home, we can end up with a three and a half ton system mm. that doesn't short cycle as much Correct. and actually lower the energy bills, even though the average ticket, you know, went from 14,000 to say 35,000. On a financing program extended over a period of time, the homeowner is actually winning and they, and they got a better lifestyle. So that's basically what that is. I have all my people certified and I sent every single service technician I have, every maintenance technician I have to be certified on that so that we on a maintenance call can have that conversation 
And that, that raises the issue of why do you want your maintenance tech placed out there? And there's your answer. So if I'm thinking BPI or NCI for my guys, what would, what would be the differences? Both. Don't care, do it. You both. Don't One's, just do, do, just do it. Yeah. BPI pick, is going to be more of your building envelope. Um, and NCI is going to be, they basically have the triad now. They have the airflow, they've got combustion efficiency, and now they've got the um, refrigerant charge. So you've got to do all three, right? Because especially if you have heat pumps. Heat pumps, they, they, they assumed forever and a day that people knew superheat and subcooling. And they just realized recently, within like the last year or so, that contractors didn't really understand how to charge heat, the system. Most of them don't know. Superheat and sub-what? Superheat and sub-cooling. I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> he's, he's testing the Kamiki. <laughs> the impact of the Kamiki. What's so, the gauge? <laughs> what, what's the Kamiki factor here? Gauge is the thickness of metal. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not wrong.